You're listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad. Hello, everyone. This is Coffee Talk with Father Brad. Welcome. If you are listening to a Catholic trivia podcast, you're probably a Catholic nerd. It's okay. Just embrace it. Just just hold on to it. Accept it. In fact, you should pour on more Catholic nerdum on top of yourself. We have some more podcasts to, to expose y'all to, and one of them is the Liturgy Guys. That's right. The most Catholic nerdy thing ever. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Don't worry about it. I have the guys from the Liturgy Guys here. They, they work at the Liturgical Institute, associated with the Liturgical Institute, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves right now. Thank you all for coming, guys. We have Jesse Weiler, Dennis McNamara, and Chris. I forgot your last name. <laughs> it's, uh, that is actually his last name. Chris, <laughs> I forgot your last name, Karstens. There we go. Oh, Karstens. Nice, nice. Okay, why don't you all introduce yourselves? Tell me what your affiliation with the Liter- or with the Liturgical Institute is and what your favorite Advent hymn is. Oh, um, <laughs> my name is Jesse Weiler. I am the Assistant Director of Marketing and Communications for the Liturgical Institute. And favorite Advent hymn? I'm, his, his favorite devotion is the Jesse tree. Yeah, that's true. That's tr- hey. yeah, any, any hymn talking about my tree is great. Um, I do like Come O Come Emmanuel. Um, but oh, that's the only Advent hymn anybody knows. I know. Cheap, well, there you go. You At least he didn't say Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, Father Brad, I'm Chris Karstens. I uh, was in the first graduating class of the Liturgical Institute back in 2003 or four. And has yet to earn his degree, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, this I have year. all but uh, all but uh, <laughs> uh, the dissertation done. That's no, not true. That's, I'm the liturgy director in the diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, awesome. and then. Uh, visiting faculty member here at the Liturgical Institute. Awesome. And, and those who don't, I mean, this is a podcast, you can't see it, but Chris has a fantastic face mane. I mean, that thing is fantastic. And the, the, the mustache is even pronounced. How do you do that? Uh, with the Catholic beard balm uh, and uh, a little bit of, a little bit of wax. You got to baby so. it with the Catholic beard balm. I like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank so, you. No, thanks very much for that. It's not, uh, it's not universally appreciated. Especially at home, I think there's a uh, church not father even locally appreciated. <laughs> Isn't there a church father who like uh, lauded the, uh, the the virtues of the beard? I think most of them did. Yeah, true. Okay, Dennis, your Advent hymn. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take mine. Uh, uh, Advent hymn. My favorite. Maybe I don't. Know if, maybe this is a, a Christmas hymn. I don't know. It's called uh, "Of the Father's Love Begotten." Okay. You know that one? I, I do. Uh, I, I can't remember the tune. I've definitely sang it in seminary at some point. We need to bust it you out know what this Dennis? year. Not off the top of my head, no. Of the Father's love begotten, ere the time began to... Okay. okay it's a good one. Excellent. Okay. All right, and I'm Dennis McNamara. I'm now called the Academic Director of the Liturgical Institute. I've been here teaching and helping to run it uh, since we started in the year 2000. Cardinal George founded the Liturgical Institute. Uh, my particular areas, though, are liturgical art and architecture and... Theology of beauty and culture and a little bit of modern liturgical history. And the only other event hymn I can think of that I do like is O Come Divine Messiah. Messiah. Oh, I like that one too. O come Divine Messiah. Yeah, it's very, very yeah, it's, it's jovial. Yeah. It's very upbeat. Yeah, it's upbeat. You're getting excited. I, yeah, I, I it like, actually says O Come. It's a good real yeah. advent tune. Maranatha, right? You, you know, my favorite is, uh, guys, is uh, Lo How Arose. Air blooming, air blooming. That one, yeah, that's a good people. One too. People play it at Christmas, but it's 
actually, I think an Advent hymn because it's about that uh, the stem of Jesse, right? Isn't that what it is? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> y'all should look it up. If y'all haven't heard it, look up the Sufjan Stevens version. It's pretty legit. He's got a good okay, Christmas we'll album, but he's got a lot of Advent in there. Okay, so I got, guys, uh, I'd call my listeners, I call them the, the Swiss Guard. Um, so Swiss Guard out there. We have the liturgical guys here. These are experts, and we're going to ask the most asked, important question ever asked about liturgy. Doesn't it doesn't it? actually say that you're supposed to hold hands during the Our Father. Is that, is that it? No. <laughs> it's oh, not okay. about ad orientum. It's not about holding hands during Our Father. It is about when can you start listening to Christmas music? Dun, dun, dun. I know there's probably not like a legit document that says exactly, but I just want your thoughts as, as learned men. After Christmas, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, is it, is it, is it a thing? Is it, is it, I mean, obviously it's probably not sinful, but like what, what is all the implications of listening to Christmas music? Is it okay? What do y'all do in y'all's families? Uh, thoughts like that. I guess it depends if you're of the strict observance or not. If you're of the really strict observance, you probably say sundown on Christmas Eve, right? So Christmas doesn't happen until Christmas. However, if you believe in the foretaste notion that the future comes backward in our own time, like mm. could you never sing the uh, wedding feast of the lamb, the canticle of the lamb, just because we're not in heaven yet? So I would say, I don't know what I'd say. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> what we try to do in the, uh, in the Karsten's house is uh, on December 17th when those uh, O antiphons start. Uh-huh. That's kind of like high gear preparation for Christmas. So we start to we start to break down at that point a little bit. You know, all those kids uh, uh, demanding Christmas movies and music and whatnot. But I like we that. at least try to hold off till then. I like uh, associating it with a uh, a particular. It's still a, a liturgical um, start. That if if my listeners don't know, the O antiphons start on December 17th. They go to the vigil, um, and it's actually the antiphons for the magnificent for the breviary, correct? And um, yeah, and I think it's the gospel antiphon too. Uh, as well, same yeah, text. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Jesse, what you got? Um, uh, sorry about <laughs> what about when the, you start to listen to Christmas oh, when, music. I was like, I was like, I already said my name. And, See what we have to deal with around here. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Look, I I, you know, I edited my thing, so I can cut that out. Yeah, I'll probably leave it great. in because it sounded funny, but. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I'm actually kind of in transition right now just because our kids are very young right now and we haven't really established, you know, our domestic traditions. And I'm looking at this year being like the first year that we really try to do that. So I'm actually just listening to see what everybody else says so that I can uh, cheat off of them. I like the Antiphon's idea, so I might go with that. Mm-hmm. You know, my thoughts on it are this. Um, not that you asked. I asked you all the question, but I'll give them. What are, what are your thoughts on it? I'm just curious. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for asking. I think, I think that there's a distinction to be made, right? Our, our liturgical tradition and the feasts of the church inform culture, right? And so they're, all, they're found all over the place, and, um, and you see this in all these different cultures and different countries, and it, it's important, and sometimes it gets secularized. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's um, the culture receiving something um, and expressing it in the way that they can, and so there's all these things involving Christmas or around Christmas that isn't really in that moment associated with Christ. So like the, the decorations, holly, um, you know, lights, Christmas lights, uh, some of the songs that are about Santa Claus and different things like that. I mean, the feast of Santa Claus is 
December 6th. Yeah. Like celebrating those types of things, maybe the cultural expression of it, um, might be a good preparation to kind of usher in the real um, celebration of the feast, which is the stuff about Christ and the incarnation and um, the nativity and stuff like that. So maybe saving some of the, the hymns for for later. You know, I'm, I'm not a strict, I'm kind of more liberal on that. Just, you know what, as long as you're going to mass and praying with your family, you can listen to a Christmas song. I don't, I don't care, you know. So thanks for your insights, guys. Real quick, uh, before we end out this coffee talk, I want y'all just, one of y'all or two of y'all or whatever, explain what the Liturgical Institute is and why is it important to the life of the church in the country and maybe give uh, my listeners a, a, a chance to think about whether they should go. Well, the Liturgical Institute was founded in the year 2000 by Cardinal George primarily as a graduate school of liturgical and sacramental theology. And, you know, he was the former Archbishop of Chicago and a great mind and a great uh, student of culture. And he realized that a lot of the study of liturgy at the time was wrapped up in sociology or politics or gender questions or all reasonable questions to ask. But that the essential question of liturgy was, what is it that God wants to reveal to us? What does he want us to know about himself? And he would often say this line that he started the Institute so that we could worship God as God wants to be worshiped. And it's a funny thing to say, how do we know what God wants, how he wants to be worshipped? But he speaks through the church, he speaks through scripture, and basically wants to reveal himself in the things of the world. And that's what a sacrament uh, is. And so we have graduate programs at master's degrees and even up to the doctoral level in sacramental theology and liturgical studies. Uh, some summers only programs for people who can't come during the school year. And then we have a line of books called Hillenbrand Books and also a bunch of public events, things like the podcasts and videos. Now we're starting an online certificate program as well. So the idea, again, is how do you get an authentic understanding of liturgy? How can people pray properly, become transformed by God's divine life and transform the world? And ultimately, that's that's what it means to bring about the kingdom of God. Absolutely. And it's the heart oh. of the church. Oh, what, you, what you got? What you got, Chris? I was going to tell Dennis, that's pretty well said. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. One of the lines we say is... Uh, we use, you know, praying the way God, uh, the, the church tells us with the church, books the church gives us, right? Instead of making it up, it's you entrust the wisdom of the church and the liturgical books that she gives us and bring out their beauty and their depth of meaning. And then you don't have to invent it every week. To some people, this is conservative. To other people, maybe it's too liberal because we're using the current missile that, you know, the post-Vatican II missile <laughs> mostly. Uh, yeah. But for the most part, the idea is stay with the mind and the heart of the church and then you're in a safe territory. I like that. You know, I, I, one of the lines I often use for, with my parishioners at, in homilies when they, it comes up is uh, I say, you know why I love being Catholic? I don't have to make this stuff up. <laughs> you know, like I don't have to make it up. Like I could look at what, what did Augustine say? What does the church give us? You know, it's not a, a personality cult or I hope it's not, you know, um, or else it'd be a pretty bad one, you know, because my personality is not that good. But um, there's a lot more charismatic, uh, talented preachers than me or that priest on the street um, or other priests might be more than others. And that's not the point. It's it's meeting Christ, um, who is the center of the, the Eucharist, basically. And so um, yeah, right. and it helps that St. Paul was a good rhetorician, but his rhetoric was about his encounter with Christ. And that's what was convincing. So we try to stay in the heart of that content and then make it delightful as well. Boom. So, OK, if, if my listeners, as few as they are <laughs> compared to y'all's, want to look into a little bit more about y'all's programs, whether they could uh, take I know you'll have some online class starting. Um, where would they go? What's your website? Uh, liturgicalinstitute.org. Easy enough. Don't Easy go enough, to yeah. don't go to liturgicalinstitute.com. Don't go to those fake fake people 
running that one. I think one. we have that one too. Oh, you redirects. Do? And we have all the liturgical dot institute even. Jesse's oh. up to date on Ooh, the tech Top there. level domains. You got to get them. Jesse, that's good. That's good. Yeah, you didn't want like a, a separate campus like uh, operating in opposition to y'all. So um, good job. Thanks, right. guys. Thanks for joining me. If uh, you Swiss Guard wants to want to know more about the Liturgical Institute and the, the things that they offer, you could just listen to the Liturgy Guys podcast and they give you all that information. Bishop Robert Barron supports them. It's in Chicago, right outside of Chicago at Mundelein. It's a fantastic. I love their podcast. So go subscribe to Liturgy Guys um, on any pod catcher that's out there. Spotify. Y'all on Spotify? We are actually. iTunes. Yep. Google Play. Yep. Okay, I don't know anymore. <laughs> go find <laughs> I mean, them. Also, litur- liturgyguys.com. There you go, liturgyguys.com. They got the, all their bases covered. Um, thanks, guys, for joining me, and we will see you next week. Um, they'll be back to play a game of the Quizzical Papist. God bless, guys. Peace. Bye. Thanks, Father.